What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to episode 19 Mentors. I'm Frank Petalano, and I'm here with Jimmy Murray to help you crush your goals in real estate. So, guys, before we jump in, we just want to thank all of our listeners again. We're coming off a great seminar about a week ago. If you came out, thank you. If you didn't, we can't wait to see you out at the next one. Currently, just as kind of a prequel, uh, we're looking at space in in uh, southeastern Massachusetts in the in the May time frame, and we're working through that right now. So we're really excited to host a second one. Really excited to help you crush your goals in real estate and keep working towards it. In the meantime, as you guys listen to our podcast, if it, if it really hits home, if it really connects, if you feel that it could help somebody else, please share it, um, whether it be through Facebook, Instagram. We're here to help, and we want to help try to change as many lives as we can through passive investing in real estate. And uh, we're helping a lot of people. Uh, every single day, we're getting hits on social media, asking us questions. We do offer some uh, small free advice here or there, and then we would also offer... Uh, mentoring program, et cetera. Whatever you guys need, we have different levels to help. Right, and I think that was one of the coolest outcomes from the Investor Summit that we hosted last week. Um, just getting the feedback that we were able to give a lot of valuable uh, and knowledgeable advice in order to help the investors in the room go out and continue to have success in their investing. So this, uh, this podcast, we wanna talk about mentors um, everybody, that's like one of the big buzzwords is that I need a mentor, I need a mentor. And uh, to start out, i got to be honest with you, does it help? Absolutely. But it's not a requirement. Right. But so I think mentor can be really loosely defined. It doesn't always have to have to be someone that has a lot more experience than you. It can be someone that just has different experience than you. So thinking back to when I first got started, I think about some of the mentors that I had, and most of them came from my local RIA group or were friends on Bigger Pockets. So you can find folks on Bigger Pockets that maybe, you know, have a similar interest and maybe touch base one time a week to ask them what they learned that week. So then that's going to expedite your learning that much more. Um, but even headed out to your local RIA group, there's always somebody that you can meet in the room that maybe knows something that you don't, and hopefully you can trade some value there as well. So I would consider that like peer mentoring, um, finding, you know, leveraging two different people's skill sets, your own and someone else's, and try and learn together. So then you flatten that learning curve and you can achieve success that much more quickly. So instead of just mentoring, we're talking about building relationships and friendships that add value to both of you. So, so right. each of you have skills. Right. I think people yeah. get stuck because they think that you always have to pay for mentoring. And that isn't the case. But if you find somebody really great and you think that they can add a ton of value and they offer pay for mentoring, try it out. So I can remember in the early days, I just bought my first four family and I was looking to get into wholesaling, get a little bit deeper knowledge. And I found someone on Instagram and I paid $400 for mentoring because I thought that he knew a lot more than I did. And I learned a little bit. I probably would say that the value wasn't there, but I took the risk, right? So. Take the risk in the beginning, see if it's worth it. Try to learn something from someone, whether it be in your specific geographic region or somewhere around the country, because you never know what perspective they can provide. Sometimes when you pick someone from a different part of the country, they don't feel that you're competing with them directly. Right. So they're willing to share more stuff. 
at the same point, when you talk about paid mentoring, I know people that have spent $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 for programs that involve mentoring. Right. And I start having heart palpitations for it, you know, because, like I said, it's not a requirement. But it is something to help you boost up your skills and to move faster. And pay-for marketing is not one-size-fits-all, right? So pick... Try to pick a segment that you want to invest in and find a, a mentor in that realm. But you, you don't always have to go out and pay for those really expensive programs. Maybe you can dip your toes in the end of the pool, check out a seminar, do a little bit of on-demand coaching, and then kind of get a feel for it from there in terms of figuring out what you need in order to help you drive that success you're looking for. There you go. So when we say the word mentor, what kind of uh, roles are we talking about, Jimmy? What, what would be a mentor? Yeah, so it's really to provide guidance, motivation, emotional support, and some role modeling. And I think the biggest thing with a mentor is that they shouldn't always give you the answer. Like, I think back growing up, and and my dad was always a great mentor, and I know it's a little bit cliche, but 31 years old, I still believe it. He never really gave me the answer, but he helped guide me to it. There is something... Uh, that is very valuable in terms of experiential learning, where if you have a mentor that always gives you the answer, you're probably not going to achieve as high level of success because you don't value the process. So I think that if you can value the process and help guide you down the process of getting to the answer, I think that's way more valuable than having a mentor that always gives you the answer. I definitely agree. I think sometimes you need to struggle a little bit to achieve and appreciate success. You need to feel the pain a little bit. Yeah, so if you're not, um, if, if they just give you the answer all the time, uh, at some point they might not be there forever. And when they're gone, you're gonna be like, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? But, or instead, uh, one way is that they might be able to use their past experience to help ask you questions or to help you, but not to do it for you. Right. I, can, I think back to high school, and I had, a, I had a great mentor and a business law teacher that I had, and uh, he caught me cutting class one day. And he's like, what class are you cutting? I'm like, math class. <laughs> I must have been like algebra two. And uh, he's like, well, why aren't you there? I'm like, honestly, it's kind of boring. And he goes, well, what are you learning? So we started to talk through it. But what I, the outcome of that conversation, what I realized is that the reason why I valued his class so much was that he taught us how to think. And I think that's the most valuable role a mentor can, can play. And as I think back on the books that I've read over the last couple of years, I like the books that show you different ways of how to you know, sculpt your mind that teach you how to think because I think that's level more, levels more valuable than always having the right answer. Hold on. You read? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit here and there. I've been slacking lately, to be honest, but um, going to get back on the horse. But legitimately... Being able to develop that, that mindset of how to think, of how to approach a problem to find a solution, that's levels more value than always having the answer. So that's what I would look for in a mentor. Yeah, and uh, one thing I'll say is that in your life, even at one moment, you might have multiple mentors. Okay, and like we said before, they're not all paid mentors. But, um, and they are usually a little older than you, but they don't have to be. They have to better more experiences than you. Right. And uh, they will help you along the way, but you can have more than one at the same time. And then not only more than one, but also sometimes you have a mentor and they don't know that you're their protege mentee. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. Right. Mentee, yeah. So this is this is, you know, in a couple of, uh, of uh, presentations that I give and I talk about, you know, five mentors that I've had that I've never met. 
but I've gone a mile deep over the course of like six to 12 months and learned a ton of what they were about. So one of those guys is Eric Thomas, one is Grant Cardone, Gary Vaynerchuk, Andy Frisella, and Conor McGregor. I've never met any of them, but I've spent a considerable amount of time studying those guys because they all had something that I wanted to be. So I would I would watch YouTube videos, I'd listen to their podcasts, I'd listen to interviews in order to gain from them what I was looking to gain. Right? So it doesn't have to be someone physically in a room, someone that you pay halfway across the country. It can be someone that you just listen to their podcast or you look up their YouTube interviews to really understand how they develop that mindset to achieve the similar results that you're looking to achieve. Now to bust on you with that, I will remind people that mentors are not perfect. Right. And they also are skilled at different things. So right. like um, you went to 10X last year. Right. And uh, the, your Grant Cardone experience, you still love Grant Cardone, but there's only certain things you liked about the presentation and everything else. You can't. You don't have to love everything about them. Yeah, I think, so I think that's huge, right? You don't have to be in love with every aspect, but fall in love with one of them that you want to learn about. So if I, if I pick three out of the five that I just named, like Andy Frisella, the name of his podcast is the MFCEO podcast, but legitimately the tough conversations that you're going to have as an entrepreneur, the tough hurdles that you're going to have to overcome, he talks about that on a weekly basis. So as a self-employed person who runs a business with multiple employees, like that podcast really rings home. So it helps me out on that front. With Grant Cardone, it was sales. I had no idea how to sell anything, right? So I dove deep on Grant Cardone to figure that out. And then the last one, Conor McGregor, right? I learned vision from him, right? So I wanted to learn how to develop that deep vision, um, not only in the good times when things were going well, but in the tough times when it really meant a lot in order to to propel me to where I wanted to go. So you don't have to fall in love with every aspect of them, but pick one thing that re- they're really good at and try to learn that. I was uh, specifically thinking about a local guy that's uh, a mentor for me, and um, I don't even think he knows it. He might or he might not. Uh, he's just a, a local um, person out of Bristol, Rhode Island, and uh, he owned a, a good-sized business at one point. And he owned a lot of houses at one point as well. and. Uh, he always gave me advice about real estate and uh, I didn't always follow all of his advice. Like one of his things is never own more than a, a three family or a triplex Yep. because they're a lot easier to sell those. And at one point he had like 200 units, Yep. but um, I took a lot of his advice, but I didn't take all of his advice because I'm, I'm one of those people that thinks bigger is better in many ways. So that's a really good point. So flashback to Jimmy's story, my dad telling me that buying my first multifamily was the worst decision I've ever made in my life. Fast forward today, 700 units under management, still own eight units myself, and I think that it was a pretty good decision. So sometimes you, you got to go against your mentor's advice to, to head down the path that you want to head down. Now, most of the time, if it's a good mentor, they're going to provide you solid advice, but you got to lead the life that you want to live. At the end of the day, it's just advice. It's, it's meant to help you. But don't let that deter you if it's not the advice that you want to receive. And, and they could be wrong, too. Right. So, for example, um, there's another local uh, mentor. Uh, I definitely will not mention his name, but he uh, gave me a hard time about five years ago. And uh, I really choked up about how tough he was on me because he said, you're not working hard enough. You're not moving fast enough. Uh, all these different reasons why I was never going to become a decent real estate investor. Yep. And then about uh, two or three years after that, he came back to me and said, you know what, I was wrong. 
He says, uh, you've been doing it a better way than I have. And his, his empire was falling apart in some ways. Slow and steady wins the race, right? Yeah, but um, it, meant, it meant a lot to me both ways in which, he, you know, five years and then two years ago. And I did listen to some of his advice, but I wasn't following everything. Right, and I think that's a really good point. In order to find the pieces of advice, they, oh, I don't know, that may come off a little backhanded if I say don't follow all of their advice. But truly, right? So I can remember um, back in my corporate job, I, I sat down with an individual and we, we started to have this conversation about how as you go through life, you pick up bits of information. And as you pick up all these bits of information, you become more and more knowledgeable and you contain more and more wisdom, but it's all about connecting the right bits at the right times. Right, so maybe you get a piece of advice from a mentor that doesn't really fit the scenario you're looking at now, but maybe you can leverage that down the road. At our local RIA meeting, uh, every once in a while we have a landlording roundtable. We put like four or five different um, landlords with experience up to talk, and people can ask questions and everything else. And one of the things that I always start out with when we have you know 100 people in the room watching the five people up front is that everybody up there is going to have a different path. Right. And you need to find your own path because there is there are a few wrong answers on the way, but there's a lot of different possible right answers yep. as long as you stick stick to your strategy. Right. You know. Yeah. So I, I think that's valuable too because you know as we have those landlording roundtables or as you learn from different mentors, there's going to be a um, a series of mirroring that goes on. So you're going to pick up different pieces of these individuals that you're going to take and you're going to use in your life. Um, but I would say you don't want to mirror someone 100% because you got to make your story your own. And you're going to need different pieces from different folks, and that's through mentoring or, or you know, online learning or whatever it may be in order, in order to head down the path that best fits you. So let's talk about some different um, misconceptions about what mentoring is about. I mean, so you already talked about one. The concept is that they're not there to give you. The mentor is not there to give the mentee all the answers. Yeah, and I think that's huge. And, you know, I, I think if you enter into a relationship with a mentor and you get frustrated because they're not giving you the answers, then you probably have to reset your approach to a mentoring relationship. Yeah. Now, one thing you've done good with uh, mentoring, Jimmy, is uh, being mentored uh, passive versus active. Like, you always have people bring questions to you right? versus just, like, sitting down. It's like, okay, what do you want to talk about? Right. You yeah. Know? So I think that's a big one, right? So if you are going to engage a mentor and you're gonna and you're gonna spend some time with them, bring questions. Don't just show up and you know talk about the family for 15 minutes and then and then work through the questions. Value their time, particularly if it's free mentoring. So if you're gonna take them out to lunch or, or a cup of coffee, value their time, bring good questions, try to provide some value to them as well. Yeah, it is about building a relationship too. So there's nothing wrong with talking about family, but after you've spent that 15 minutes, you shouldn't be there saying, uh, I really didn't have time to create a questions. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Definitely value their time. And I think that you'll have a much more fruitful uh, mentor relationship. So another uh, misconception would be the concept of asking someone to mentor you right from the start. Sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. So sometimes you have to go out there, take a few small chances before you have an understanding of what to ask. Right. You know, there's so many people that say, oh, I want to get into real estate investing, but then they don't know what they want to actually do, what what strategy they want to use or anything else. They just yep. want to get into it, and yep. they want somebody just to give them all the everything. Yep. Yeah, so I think that's really good advice. All right. So let's talk about steps to um, find a mentor. 
Yeah, so number one, find somebody that you want to be like. So find someone who has the skills and traits that you want to mirror and then build from there. So like I talked about like at one point, like I need to learn how to sell in order to grow my company. So I started looking at Grant Cardone. I recognize he's borderline infamous, right? But he built a huge company, a, a massive empire because he knew how to sell and close business. So that's, that's where I gained that from. So that would be step one. So going with that, if, uh, if you're not into sales, he might not be the best person to follow. But in my opinion, everybody has to be in sales a little bit. Yeah, everybody has to be in sales. So you can start out with negotiating books. Um, there's another good author, author to follow out there. His name is Jeb Blunt. Um, he has some excellent prospect, prospecting books if you're looking to um, learn about the sales process. So... Um, then another step on how to find a mentor is get to know people, especially people in the field you want to be in. Right. Okay. But you're not going to, like I said, it's not about being exactly like them. You're not trying to make a copy. Make sure you understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. And you got to set your expectations realistically. You can't expect someone to, you're going to walk in and say, can you be my mentor? And I want to be financially free in six months. Right. So I'm, I'm going to actually circle back off this list because I just had a light bulb go on over my head. But if you want to have success in a mentor relationship, you need to have a legitimate self-assessment, right? So you need to look in the mirror and really understand what you're good at and what you're not so good at. I can remember when I was in corporate, they said, don't, don't worry about your weaknesses. Your weaknesses are your weaknesses. Just, you know, kind of grow that, that big one-arm muscle. Focus on your strengths and continue to build your strengths. With I, I think that's total BS. But I wouldn't say, you know, if you get your, if you start to focus on your weaknesses and build them to a certain point where they're kind of average or satisfactory, and you know that you can't really build them, but you can kind of maintain them, I think that's okay. Because we're not always going to be good at everything. But I think that a positive mentor relationship is going to start with an accurate self-assessment. If you can't assess the areas where you're deficient and need to get better, you're never going to get better. And I think that that is going to be huge as you seek out mentoring. Some people uh, just say, oh, I want to get better at everything. No, you have to target things. Right. So that's um, so we'll talk in another podcast about goals and habits, but you need to make sure that you set very direct goals and then build habits around that so that you can achieve what you're looking to achieve. Stop trying to steal my thunder <laughs> in a future podcast. I, I really like that one. But no, seriously, that the self-assessment up front is going to be the most critical thing to your success in building a mentor relationship or trying to figure out really where you want to get better. All right. So uh, next way to find a mentor is obviously you got to network and meet people. And you're going to meet tons of people. And the first thing you do is you do not walk up to someone and ask, will you be my mentor? Right. You know, at your first meeting of someone. So like we have a local real estate group and a lot of people when they mingle and they're first timers, they're like, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for a mentor. That's not the proper way to start out. Um, the first thing you'd be doing is when you meet somebody, you're, you, you'd say you're educating yourself. You're learning, you're reading, you're listening to podcasts. But I would have two or three networking meetings with the same person before you'd even think about bringing up a topic like that. Yeah, and even if it's a, even if it's a phone call, I don't think it necessarily needs to be in person. But I think you really have to understand their background and, and where they can help you build. Yeah, you're building connections. Right. Sometimes uh, it's kind of like dating. Sometimes it gets uh, it's too aggressive when you ask <laughs> for that mentor relationship to start up. Right. Yep. 
right, so uh, next thing you need to do is you need to think about that person. And, and as you have those conversations with them, you need to evaluate, do you think they'd possibly be a good fit? Right. So, for example, there are people that we know that are a little too cocky to be a good mentor. Right. Uh, there are other people that just aren't doing enough to be a good mentor. Right. Um, there are other people, they're not encouraging. They're always, like, talking down to people. That's not the best type of mentor relationship for you to get into, mentor-mentee. Yes. You know. At the end of the day, it's it's almost like when you know you go out and play sports, right? So you want to find the right coach. A good mentor is going to be a great coach, and that's what you need to look for. Um, I think the biggest thing that Frank touched on is find someone who's doing what you want to do. They're going to have that real-life, in-the-weeds experience. It's going to be able to help you get to where you want to go. There are a lot of folks out there that might have done it before but aren't doing it now or whatever it may be. But find someone who's actually taking the action and they live what they say they are doing. So I flat out tell people sometimes when they want mentoring on wholesaling, it's like, I'm not the right person for you. Right. Jimmy's done wholesaling. Talk to Jimmy. But I, I'm not a wholesaler and I've never really done the wholesaling. I buy from wholesalers. Right. You can put me on my buyer's list. Yep. But... Uh, I, I can't give you good advice, so you know you, you need to know what their skills are as well. Absolutely. You know, so uh, back to the encouraging thing. Uh, I like the coach concept because now at the same point, everybody might have a different level of how much cockiness slash confidence they want from their mentor. Right. You yeah, and, and it's going to vary depending depending on what you're looking for. So once you've met them a couple times, the big thing is going to be to follow up after the meeting, right? Maybe, maybe you go through and you kind of write a little pros versus cons list of the things that you think are a good fit, some of the things you think are less of a fit. Um, but I think the biggest thing is always thanking the person for their time. So one, one thing that I put into practice after every meeting is I will write a handwritten thank you note. Um, so I bought a set of cards, I think it cost me a couple hundred bucks because um, I got them all like logoed out. But uh, you could probably go down the road to Staples or you know your local paper supplier, and you could probably get a set of thank you cards for very inexpensive. But in in my mind and in 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 my business where I've had success has been related to those handwritten thank you notes after the meeting. People still use a pen and paper and stuff. I do. I do. I said no. It works. <laughs> I was just playing with it. Yeah. Uh, no, it works. It, it makes you stand out differently versus just having a, a standard email. Right. And honestly, yeah. like the inside of the cards for me are all blank. And then I just fill in the space. So I think that that's, that's huge to follow up. So tip on writing the hand, handwritten thank you notes. I always lead in with thank you. And then I put a sound bite related to the conversation that we had. And then I'll, I'll talk future state in my third line saying, like, can't wait to witness your success. Um, you know, really excited to watch you grow. Something like that. Back to when you're evaluating mentors. Um, you're looking for someone that has, like, the heart of a teacher. Right. You're looking for someone that is not just for the money. Yes. So, I mean, you want to value their time, and you know the time is valuable, but I'm not necessarily a fan of someone that, uh, on the mentor side, that walks up and says, yeah, I'll mentor you, and here's the cost straight up. Right. You know, that, that's too I sales think, pitching in itself. I think that goes back to your point of find a mentor who's good at what you're looking to get good at, right? Don't just find a mentor because they're a mentor. Find someone who's great at wholesaling. Find someone who is specific to the de to your desired outcome, um, so I had someone reach out to me through Instagram. He's been a great student so far, but legitimately he wanted to learn about property management and scaling a property management business. So he's he local. Me. Uh, he's actually out of California, right? So um, I think that that's a great strategy. 
right? Even if, so I think very easily right now, folks who go out to Instagram, type in wholesaling, see who comes up, and you can send them a DM, say, are you open to, are you open to coaching or mentoring? I think that that's a great approach. There you go. So one of the main things that I worry about and a lot of mentors worry about is the whole concept of as this relationship is going on, the first time that the mentor calls you out. Yep. Okay. The first time the mentor calls you out, a lot of people are like fight or flight. Yep. And the mentee, you might never hear from them again. Yep. And that is a bad thing because the mentor is comfortable enough to call you out and tell you what your problems are. But too many people just get going when the going gets tough. Yeah. So I always talk about staying power, particularly related to wholesaling, right? But if, if you want to be a good athlete, you've got to stay committed. So when you hit that first speed bump, you can't expect to chase anything in this life and for you not to experience speed bumps. You know, the age old saying goes, anything worth doing is, sorry, I just screwed it up, then I? Anything worth doing is gonna be difficult. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And that's absolutely 100% the truth. It's all about that staying power. So stick with it. And also on that same theme, a good mentor should serve as an accountability coach. So all of our or all of my mentor calls wind up with a power three, right? The power three of what are you gonna accomplish over the course of the next week, two weeks until we get on the phone, of what you're going to do. And that's the accountability portion. So if we get back on the phone and you haven't worked through those topics, then now I'm gonna call you out on it. And that's my job. So if you're if you're paying me for coaching, like that is my job to deliver on the results that you're looking for to kind of light a fire under your butt a little bit. Well, like we said before, um, this part about being called out, that's when the good stuff happens. That's when people can actually change and get results. That's where the toughness comes in, the grit. Right. You know, if you want to get better, you have to work on some of the things that your mentor tells you to do. I mean, if you don't want the mentor relationship, just end it. Don't waste each other's time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so... At the same point, if they're not, if if you feel comfortable enough between the mentor and mentee, um, the whole concept of feedback is important. If you're not getting enough from the relationship, ask your mentor, "What can I do better? What can I work on?" Yeah, Just get so, out there and ask them. Yeah. So, um, live live uh, live advice for me is recently I've started work with a um, podcast booking agency. And I had a podcast booked and they canceled. And my immediate question back to my podcast agent was, is, it some, is there something that I could get better at in order to mitigate this happening again? And she said, no, it was just they had a conflict in their schedule. We're going to reschedule it. So don't worry about it. But immediately, like, I looked inside, held myself accountable to say, you know, can my bio be better? Can my story be better? Did they listen to a recent podcast that I said something that they might not have liked? Like, how do I get better in order to achieve the desired results? So asking for feedback is huge in anything that you do. Uh, one of the last things with uh, how to find a mentor is uh, mentoring itself takes a lot of time. Okay, when you have a mentor, this is not like a two-week relationship. No. This is not even a summer project. This is not an internship. Mentoring takes real time and real work. It takes a couple of years. Yeah, so that goes back to staying power, right? So you got to recognize like, exactly what Frank said. It is going to take you time to achieve your desired results. If it were to, if you could, you know, tackle something in a day, a week, a month, everybody would be doing that to achieve your desired outcome. 
So recognize, have patience, and it's aggressive patience, and Andy Frisella talks about this all the time. Have patience to work through what you need to work through, and when you need to be aggressive, then jump through it. So what should we have for a book recommendation for this podcast? Yeah, so I recently read The Wealthy Gardener by John Sephoric, and candidly, this is the best book I've ever read in my entire life. Now, people are probably shaking their heads and saying, Jim's full of BS. He's probably getting money by selling this book. Legitimately, I happened across this book before going to the beach a couple weeks ago. I picked it up and couldn't put it down. It is a synopsis of all the top books I've ever read. Um, And it actually calls out a lot of the books that I've read previously. But if you want something to be financially successful in life or to help you develop the grid or goals or habits... The Wealthy Gardener is like a single 400-page book that can really help you achieve anything you're looking to achieve in life. I want to say something about your book recommendation. Uh, people might not realize this, but we have n- – I'm not guaranteeing for the future, but we have not monetized this podcast at all. Uh, we haven't. And so we, haven't. We, we don't sell shout-outs. We don't, we don't sell anything. We're not selling these book recommendations. We're not making any money off these. We're just trying to provide value to you guys. And, and make it um, make it better for everybody here. Just like the whole concept of mentoring, um, we have many people that need mentors or ask questions about mentoring. That's why we set up this podcast. Uh, this podcast, this episode, is not out there to sell more mentoring. I mean, I'm busy enough, and Jimmy is too, but, I mean, we charge money for mentoring because we value our time. Um, we can't give out free mentoring to everybody because I would just be 24-7 mentoring. Right. You know? Right. It'd be a lot. Um, but seriously, The Wealthy Gardener, you got to pick that book up. If you guys aren't ordering it on Amazon right now, then you're in trouble. I'm going to chase you down. <laughs> Hands down, best book I've ever read in my life. My all-time favorite book before that used to be The Richest Man in Babylon. Okay. That has now been succeeded by The Wealthy Gardener. There you go. I haven't, I haven't read it yet, so I'll have to read it. So... We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast on mentoring. If you liked it, please give us a share on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you find fit. Um, If you're looking for additional content in between podcasts, feel free to check out our website at www.cashflowkings.com or give us a follow on Instagram where we put out daily content under The Cashflow Kings to your success. The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice. Each person should consult their own advisors prior to making any financial decisions.